Welcome to the Kingsley Grant Show, the podcast dedicated to helping you become the leader everyone loves and wants to follow. Kingsley believes his leadership paradigm, emotelligence, the art of succeeding where others failed, is the key to achieving this status. On this show, Kingsley guides you through the uncharted waters of emotional intelligence and leadership essentials, with the guarantee that upon exit, you will become more skilled in relationship management, decision-making, and job performance. Now here's your host, your coach, and your Sherpa, Kingsley Grant. Here we go, here we go, here we go. This is your boy, Kingsley Grant, sitting behind the Jamaican microphone, bringing you yet another exciting show. And I am coming to you from the command center of the Immortelligent Leadership Institute in an undisclosed part of the world that you will not be able to track me. However, you don't have to worry about tracking me because I am reaching into the vault and bringing to you a resource that I believe would help you tremendously in your leadership. And today we are going to talk about something that I heard one of the leading persons that speak on leadership, Simon Sinek, said about Pope Francis. It's called the shocking thing Simon Sinek said about Pope Francis. And when I share that with you, you might think, wait a minute, why did he say that? Or you may say, uh-uh, come on, Simon. That is something that you ought to leave to someone else to say. Well, you, you will, you'll make your own decision after I share with you what it is that he said. Now, before I get to that point, one thing I have realized as someone that recently released my book on leadership is called the Immortelligent leader succeed where others failed and become the leader everyone loves and wants to follow. Having read, having released that book and gone through several times, obviously, because I wrote it, yes, it was not ghost written, so I had to do that writing myself and research. I realized that there's some things leaders do, and especially those. Well, let me not say especially, but also those who speak on the topic of leadership, those who are considered experts on the topic of leadership, that they don't always get it right. They say things, and you know, let me include myself quickly in this list because I'm sure there are those who are going to read my book, listen to this podcast, and will say, Kingsley, that is not accurate or 100% or how it is or should go. And I, I get it. That is, is, is going to happen. It's going to happen at some point. We, as leaders and as a speaker myself who do keynote speaking and leadership training, I will listen sometimes to what I have recorded as a speech I gave or the training I did, and I would think, oh, man, 
why did I say that? Or how come I did not go back to what I promised I would get back to? Have that ever happened to you? Have you ever get started about something and then get sidetracked because you went down a trail that you felt it was important to bring up at that moment, but here's the thing. You never went back to that. Am I the only one that happens to? I don't think so. I've seen it happen to a number of people. We will, at some point, misspeak. We will, at some point, listen to something that we thought we said accurately or the right thing and then realize that, wait a minute, I did not say what I ought to say. I give you an example that happened just recently. As you know, I am a person of faith. And so I had gone to church and the pastor was speaking and he was describing a a biblical character in the Old Testament. And he was talking about the the son, the person that was the name he mentioned. For example, he mentioned Abraham, and he was really referring to the son of Abraham, one of the sons. I think it was Jacob, or I forgot who it was. No, no. He he said about um, Abraham's son, Ishmael. Ishmael, right? He had Jacob and Ishmael. Ishmael was the firstborn, but was not born from his wife of promise, Sarah, that she would have a son. So he had a son with Hagar, he, who was his wife's, um, you know, you would say helper, his wife's maid, Hagar. And, and I don't want to take too much with this, but I want to mention something. And he was talking about Ishmael being the son of Abraham. And then he said, the son of Abraham, and he called this name Esau. And I think, I said to my wife, I guess he meant Ishmael. I, I whispered it very, very low so nobody could hear me, just in case no one else picked up on that. That's not what I want to do is put that, you know, because I understand we misspeak. And, and so I realized at that moment he was saying a lot of things. And of course, your mind is engaged and you're thinking through things. And so he made a, a very a, a slip of the tongue. That happens to a lot of people. I hear even our, you know, past, our current and past presidents have done the very same thing. I've heard, you know, that the best speaker will experience at some point a mis, misspeech, right? A mistalk, a misspeak. And, and so when I listened to Simon Sinek, what he said about Pope Francis, I'm thinking that maybe that ought to have been given a little bit more thought or leave that entirely out of the speech or the talk he was given. And I will share with you what he said, and you may then at that moment give him also the grace that I am giving him. I'm not, in a sense, in any way bashing Simon Sinek. You know, who am I? This, this, this dude has done incredible things. He's spoken to people I've not yet spoken to that I, I one day will speak, but not yet. He have really kind of entered the scene and, and done incredible work. I followed him. I've read his write-ins. 
his books. I've read that. I've admired him from a distance. And one day, hopefully, I'll meet him. And who knows, maybe one day he will be on this show as a guest, even as somehow the word may get to him that I'm going to, I'm doing a whole show using what he said about Pope Francis. So he might be curious to want to hear what it is I said, or you may tell him, you may know him or know someone on his staff who can get this to him. And one day he may be on my show. Who knows, right? But my whole point is that as a fellow speaker myself, we do enter terrains or areas that maybe we ought to leave that for someone else. And, and so it was when I listened to what Simon Sinek said when on LinkedIn. I was listening to, watch, you know, scrolling through, saw a video of him, him speaking, and I, it caught my attention. It caught my attention because, I, you know, I, I, Simon Sinek is always a very pleasant listen for me. I, I love to hear him. I love to hear how he puts his speeches together. I love to hear how he makes his point. I, I love to hear how he persuades and, you know, all of those things as a speaker. I, I watch to learn. And he is someone that I've learned from. Therefore, when I say what I'm, I'm about to say about him in a later, in a few minutes, you, you understand it's not about bashing. It's not about somehow raising myself, my level above his, none of that. And you'll see. However, before we get there, as you know, we're doing a segment on the show. Every show has this segment. It's called Now. I mean, you know, it's, it's sorry. It's called Did You Know? Did You Know? Now, this segment, I, I, I just in case you're just joining the show and never have before, I am from Jamaica, but you may be able to tell from my accent. It's it's so funny, well, I mentioned this real quickly, that I gave, I was speaking recently and do, did a training for some, for some, um, for a group of, of leaders. And in that training, I had mentioned and given a little bit about myself, my bio. And I mentioned I'm from Jamaica. One person said, you know, when I, I listened, I heard an accent. I was not really sure where that is from. You know, the Caribbean, uh, but he, he was not really sure. I'm saying, yeah, that's where it is. And I kind of confirmed a suspicion he had. Because there's, and I find mostly it's people from the Caribbean who can detect sometimes that, that you know, that, that accent and, I, and that's not true across the board, but I find that to be so very more so than in, in other places because I have gone and spoken to groups that who may not know and they are very much unaware. And, and many people think I am Hispanic in descent and they will speak to me in Spanish, all of that, right? But I'm just saying to say that because I'm from Jamaica, I want to highlight a moment in Jamaica's history or just to tell you one brief fact about Jamaica that hopefully will entice you that you will one day want to go to Jamaica and enjoy, experience the country, the beautiful country of Jamaica. And I want to let you know something that you may not know. And therefore, here is the segment. Did you know that Jamaica is an island country of the West Indies 
It is the third largest island in the Caribbean Sea after Cuba and Hispaniola. Hispaniola. Jamaica is about 146 miles, that is 235 kilometers long, and it varies from 22 to 51 miles, that is 35 to 82 kilometers wide, because the country is made up of all the terrains, how it is shaped, it gives you that kind of, you know, across the country, about 51 miles or 22 miles, you know, based upon where you are in the country. It is situated some, uh, some 100 miles or 160 kilometers west of Haiti, 90 miles or 150 kilometers south of Cuba, and 390 miles, which is 630 kilometers northeast of the nearest point of the mainland of Cape Gracias a Dios on the Caribbean coast of Central America. The national capital of Jamaica is Kingston. Did you know that? Now you know. We now return to regular broadcasting of the Kings of Grant show. Okay, so I know that you came to really hear about what shocking thing Simon Sinek said about Pope Francis that caused me to want to spend a whole episode sharing with you this one thing and, and why, why. Now, let me give you a, a just a brief backdrop on what it is I'm about to say. I understand that there are certain thoughts or ideas out there, certain school of thoughts on religion, and there are so many. And people have been burnt, obviously, by religious leaders. And maybe you're one of those and at some point, and And maybe you, you have a different view on that. And, and so it's the, the idea, the thought of what a leader would look like in a religious setting is skewed. It's, in some instances, tarnished. People, you know, it's amazing that when they do a research or on your poll on who do you trust the most and they would list these categories there was a time that religious leaders were on the top people would mention mention the clergy they would be right up there as the most trustworthy group of people of leaders that they were amazingly unfortunately now that's not true. And, and therefore, people look at religious leaders or religious movements or groups with suspicion. And, and in some cases, rightly so. Because we, people who are of faith like myself, have done a disservice. We have really messed things up. When I say we, there are certain elements that have caused the name of, the, of a certain religion to be tarnished and looked upon in disrepute, ill repute, I'm sure, in ill repute. And, and, and so it's, I understand that. So when Simon Sinek was talking about Pope Francis, I, I, I can understand that if he is coming, th- looking at it through the lens of what has been constructed based upon the history or recent history of the church or leaders or religion, 
then it is understandable why he said what he said. However, then someone like myself who look at religion differently and through different lenses, why that shocked me is because I believe he missed it. He missed it because if he is not an expert in this area, and I don't know Simon Sinek's religious background, leanings. I don't know if he has one. I don't know. Obviously, if he's listening to the Pope and would po- and would um, kind of quote the Pope or make some remark like this about the Pope, obviously there's something about him that I would guess have a, a religious bent in some area. And I'm not here to judge or determine that. That's not my point. However, I believe that there's certain things we need to leave to people who better understand or get input, advice, before we put something out there, a thought, an idea. Because we we are speaking as an expert. We're speaking as someone who people trust and they know, like, and trust. And, And so it's not that he said something wrong. It's just that I believe he said something that he did not fully understand. And here is what Simon Sinek said in this video that I watched on LinkedIn, you can go and find it yourself and probably see this same video. He said this, and this verbatim, this is his words, Pope Francis stands for ideas that are bigger than religion. He stands for the cause of average people. He believes in inclusion in a way that a Pope hasn't for a long time. Those are the words of Simon Sinek. So King said, well, what's wrong with that? Why is that shocking? Well, here's a part. Listen to what he said again. Listen to what I just read. He said, Pope Francis stands for ideas that are bigger than religion. Hmm. What does that really mean? What is it that Simon Sinek knows about religion that he that Pope Francis transcends. And the next statement is what made that first remark of him about Pope Francis, where he concluded that, he said this, he stands for the cause of average people. Now, let me ask the question, isn't that what religion ought to do? Isn't that what a person who truly understands a religious approach to life ought to do. Let me quote for you, not verbatim, but in a um, in a loose way, what the Bible, which is my, and again, I'm not trying to use Bible to make, you know, to somehow put down. No, I'm just simply saying if Simon Sinek had a staff or first had run this through someone and which we ought to do as a leader, make sure that if you're going to sell an idea and present an idea to your people, make sure you have sat down, think about it, get some input. And, you know, one of, one of my chapters in my book is Leadership is Partnership. And I talk about the collaborative effort because you might have people there on your team that knows some things you don't know, knows an area of and have an expertise in an area you don't have. And so collectively, when you are able to talk through certain things, you're now able to present from a better position. 
one of the things I talked about, um, the idea that imagine, no, actually, someone had interviewed me for their a paper they were writing, and they were asking about diversity and the importance of diversity. And one of the things I mentioned is that when you have a diverse group, you're going to learn things that you may not know because they're going to bring their background, their their upbringing, their ideal ideologies into the conversation. And they're able to give you their viewpoint through a lens that you don't have. And you're, is, you're going to be better off for that. You're going to be able to consider what you may not consider for the customers, for the people you're serving, because someone on your team who is sensitive to that, who is an expert in that area, who lives that life, for example, as a minority, that person can tell you some things that you may not have thought about. And you say, oh, I'm glad. Now I'm, I can modify, adjust, adapt what it is I want to present more from a holistic standpoint than more of a narrow lens. And so when Simon Sinek said this, I understand. And again, I'm not blaming. I'm not in any way you know, condemning. No, I'm just simply saying that possibly he fully didn't, didn't, does not fully understand what pure religion, pure religion is. Because my favorite sacred text says this, pure religion is taking care of the orphans and the down and outers, those that are considered less than, the very people that he calls, Simon Sinek calls the average per- person that the Pope stands for, he is simply doing what his own sacred text says that he should do. Others who may have failed in the past is that they never did what the sacred text tells them to do. And so when someone comes and do the very thing that are fundamental to that group, it somehow looks like, wait a minute, that transcends, that is greater than what, no, but they're just doing what is supposed to have been done in the first place. It is what great leaders do. And, And sometimes this is what what I, I think, if I was to say the positive side here of what Simon Sinek brought to the conversation of what he said is simply this. He's highlighting something that makes someone who stands out above the crowd because they're doing the thing that they, have, they ought to have done in the first place. And I call that emotional intelligence, right? Is where we recognize, understand, and manage our emotions and the emotions of those around us. And and so what Pope Francis is simply doing is using an EQ. His EQ is high enough to, when he operates and look at the cause of the down and under the average person, it stands out above the crowd. You know, I'm speaking to a, a group of, of, of students, of um, nursing practitioners, students, very soon after this podcast episode is aired. And my, my, my focus will be, how do you stand out as a nursing practitioner above other nursing practitioner? Because number one, IQ is not going to be the thing. 
you all are pretty much on the average when it comes to IQ. That's why you are in the program. Not everyone could get into a program like this. And so I'm going to talk about the very thing that Simon Sinek is highlighting here about Pope Francis. They, all the popes would possibly, we could say, have similar IQ. What Pope Francis have done is his EQ is possibly above the other popes in the past. And that's what Simon Sinek is saying. That's what you as a leader will do, where people consider leadership to be, you know, there is, in my book, I talk about this. Leaders are coming in and they are suspect already. Some people just don't trust leadership. And what elevates you and you're doing certain things and people will say, like a Simon Sinek, that you are standing above leaders and because you're caring for, you're nurturing, you're putting people first, and it makes you stand out, it's because you're now doing what leaders ought to have done in the first place, but they never did. That's what makes you 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 uh, stand out above the crowd. And that's what I teach about intelligent leaders. That's what they do, right? And so if you ask me, Kingsley, who is an intelligent leader? I would say simply this, an intelligent leader is one who recognizes, understands, and manages his or her emotions and the emotions of those around him or her, and he or she is better skilled in decision-making, relationship management, and job performance. That is who a an intelligent leader is. That is what Pope Francis is doing, and that is what Simon Sinek recognized, and maybe others as well, because he did go on to say that he's applauded by so many around the world. Why? Because he's standing above the crowd by doing what he ought to have done in the first place. Sometimes, my friend, is when you go back to the fundamentals, and that's why in my book I talk about seven essential traits fundamental traits of leadership, that when leaders return to these traits, these seven things, it makes you stand out above the crowd and the Simon Sinek's of this world will recognize you almost like a Pope Francis and will say of your leadership, man, you transcend even leadership as we know it. Why? Because you're practicing what should have been practiced in the first place. Say Kingsley, Wow, that sounds to be very, you know, I hopefully this was a balanced presentation on this episode about what Simon Sinek said. It was shocking because he's seen what a pope should have done in the first place. And also shocking because Simon Sinek obviously did miss this. He missed this about what true religion should be. What the pope is doing is true religion. And that's exactly how every pope should behave. Unfortunately, some have not. But isn't that true about some leaders as well? Isn't that true? Hopefully, you are the Pope Francis kind of leader that will be recognized for what you do. You want to know more about this? Let me encourage you to get a copy of my book. As a matter of fact, you can get a free copy, only pay for shipping and handling. If you go to kingslegrant.com slash free leadership book, Kingsley Grant, K-I-N-G-S-L-E-Y-G-R-A-N-T, kingsleygrant.com slash free leadership book. 
get a copy, only pay for shipping and handling. And if you feel so disposed, get another copy or two for someone who could also benefit from this. And I assure you, what I discussed today, you'll find in that book. And hopefully, you will become that, what I say, an intelligent leader, one who is better skilled at making better decisions, managing relationship, have better job performance, but also recognizes, understands, and manages his or her emotions and those around him or herself. That is what you want to become, and you will be stand out as such as well. And who knows, one day someone will write or speak about how your leadership transcends what we know to and see as just average leadership. That's the goal of this podcast in the first place, and I hope I'm delivering on that. My friend, remember this. You are one skill away, one skill away. And that's what I hope to be delivering through this podcast. With that said, my friend, peace out. God bless. And I'll see you on the flip side. Yeah.